There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Burnt Cookbook Party, an original Pathfinder campaign set in a unique fantasy world where four heroes of varying skills, attractiveness, and stupidity race against time to prevent a war. I'm Jenna Steber and I play Astra Blepa adult half-elf oracle who is exactly who she says she is. I'm bringing different energy to <laughs> this intro. so mad. Oh, she's so mad. <laughs> I thought it was the same. Like she just saw Oppenheimer. Yeah. <laughs> like, right? <laughs> How dare you suggest I would see Movie in she just saw the word. That was enough. <laughs> and I'm joined by Andrew Hansen, playing Johnny Brightchild, a hot and sunny effort resource ball paladin, eager to help and flex. He's back. <laughs> <laughs> Caitlin Statehar playing Patty Hertz, a rat folk ranger dandy with a nose for gossip and cheese. And I am Paul Lukemeyer playing Zelf the Elf, a battle chef carving a name for himself in the high stakes world of magical cooking. I just got to say, I was on pins and needles afraid that somebody else was going to have a different character intro. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was going to say that I'm playing Manny Metasweet, but I veered at the last second. You wouldn't get us so excited and then oh tell right? us Yeah, real. I just couldn't. That's too mean. <laughs> Only Justin can. <laughs> and we're, of course, led today and for the rest of all time by our illustrious and devious GM and world builder, Justin Green. Justin, how you doing? I'm excited it's our 50th episode what is that diamond the diamond episode justin how did you perfectly plan and pace this show so that it would land uh 50 episodes at our first time loop uh (laughs) i'm gonna say that i did that on purpose yes definitely (laughs) that's how he did it (laughs) by manipulating everybody (laughs) for two years (laughs) to to make this work out nicely masterful it worked Justin are you ready Justin are we gonna do this are we gonna do this I don't know know. what if we say no I don't know what to expect I'm so nervous (laughs) man our story today begins in the world of Irisol Aptly named after Iris, the goddess of beginnings, Irisal is home to three mighty countries united and thriving under the banner of the Triad Nations. However, for now, we'll focus on just one of them, Berwyn. Berwyn is a lush and forested region where nature is interwoven into the very foundations of its cities, none more so than the overcast wizard city of Fainolin, constantly enveloped in a layer of fog that rolls in from the whispering woods. After decades of peace, Berwyn has flourished. Its inhabitants enjoy lives of relaxation, chasing their whims and their hobbies with little concern. And among those people is one Climanastra Blep, who is waking up bright and early, at least the early part of the late afternoon, (laughs) on Adia's first, the first day of autumn. Uh, Her one-room apartment is decorated in purple and gold littered with beads and fortune-telling paraphernalia, but it's mostly occupied by a massive printing press. Uh, Jenna, would you like to reintroduce us to Astra and let us know a bit about her everyday life in Fainolin? Oh, yeah. Astra wakes up whenever she wakes up. It's usually around noon. The sun already beaming in full force into her apartment, which is good because it can be precarious walking around her apartment because she is not uh, good at storing her beads properly. So, <laughs> it is not. This is a PSA for the audience. Please store your beads properly. Not a purposeful booby trap, but it's there. <laughs> so, Astra is sort of a Betty Boop type. 
short for a half-elf, curly dark hair, thin eyebrows, and cupid bow lips. She usually wears a large purple coat over cute, loose, kind of flapperish dresses and short heels. Occasionally, she is followed by a shadowy, cat-like figure, one with an inconsistent number of eyes and legs that likes to cause her trouble at inopportune moments. And at her side, she always carries a rapier with a unique spiral blade. But she's got some books that she wants to drop off at the market. The bookseller in town, the one who specializes in magic texts, is out of books, of her books, because they sell so nicely. So she was going to haul the haul a box down, make a little spare change, maybe wander the market, uh, see if she couldn't find a mark just to rip off. She's just bored. <laughs> Maybe she'll pickpocket them. Maybe she'll do a, a tarot reading for them or something. But that's her only real plan for the day. So she'll get up. She'll she'll wrap her hair up. She'll put on her, her beautiful long beaded coat. Strap on her sword. Put on her nice shoes. See what this world has in store for Astra Vlep. <laughs> Astra's apartment is located in a maze-like shopping district of Fainland that's known as the Wizard's Bazaar, which is sort of like uh, Seattle's Pike Market meets MC Escher. <laughs> Astra makes yeah. her way to the text seller, uh, who she's quite familiar with, and he yells out to her, Yo, Blep, uh, have you heard anything about what's been going down this morning? This morning? No, I haven't heard anything. Is there something exciting happening? I was hoping that you'd know more than me. I've been stuck here, but I, I've heard some crazy shits going down. Like, first, that old paladin who runs the cat cafe, she told me that a house burned down overnight, ah. but that it never was on fire. Um, <laughs> that doesn't seem likely. <laughs> I don't know a lot about fire, but I think there's a kind of a strict order of operation. You know that traveling scroll salesman? He's he's the one with, like, the cursed giraffe neck. Oh, that guy. <laughs> that guy never wants to buy any of my books. And I'm like, I, they're not scrolls, but they're still, like, readables. It's just like, I hate that guy. Yeah, why? Did, some, did he die? No, he told me that they're draining the lake. To fill up a scry network orb, like there's going to be some sort of international announcement, I guess. Oh, isn't the orb going to have fish and stuff in it? I don't know how that shit works. That's beyond me. I don't like to scry when there's stuff like floating in my bowl. <laughs> it's like clean your scrying bowl. Like this is like 101 stuff. Ugh. Oh, but wait, wait, what's the announcement about? I guess they don't know. Uh, suddenly from above you, you hear the sound of a man screaming. But it is in a language that you don't understand. A crowd starts to gather around, but no one seems to know this language that he's speaking. Interesting. <laughs> Not even somebody who has the magical ability to tell what... Wait, do I have that spell right now? Hold on. <laughs> do, uh, I'll cast Comprehend Languages on myself. Does that enable me to understand what he's saying? That does indeed, Astra. Suddenly, you implicitly understand how to speak in Protean, which is kind of the language of chaos. Whoa. Oh. Yeah. And you hear this man on just the, the top of this building in the Wizard's Bazaar screaming, the four hands of Hibdal no longer cradle Irisol. The forge of Gaffinrit the sculptor runs cold. We are alone in the void. And then he throws himself off at the top of the building. Oh, my God. Holy oh my shit. God. He lands with a thud in the street. People scream. Some run towards him, some away. Oh, my God. I hope somebody else cast Caprahan languages because I was <laughs> not paying attention to what he just said. <laughs> uh -oh. Well, okay. Yikes. Well, ugh. Did you see that? That was wild. Yeah, did did you know what he was saying? Yeah, he was saying he was speaking in the language of chaos. Like that's wild. Like I don't even know anybody who speaks that like normally without magic. He was saying something about how the hands I'm already it's already <laughs> just slipping right out of my mind. You know my memories. It's probably not important, right? I mean, if it were important, he'd have written it down. Right, right, right. Sounds just like ramblings of a madman to me. Yeah. Should I have written that down? This feels like a bad start to the morning. I mean, I don't always love my job, but I'm glad my job is not to clean up that guy off the street. You know what I'm saying? Oh, boy. The day continues on. 
you do hear from more people than just the text seller that they're, that they're building a Scry Network orb. So that is, Scry Network is like an erosion invention that repurposes divination magic in order to openly share instead of spy. Uh, and it's based out of the underwater city of Neptus, which is like the Hollywood of Irisol. Cool. And it allows them to kind of spread their art across the world. Unfortunately, the magic required is quite complex and expensive, so it's still pretty rare. Uh, and it also requires like a substantial pool of water. In Berwyn, really the only place that has like a permanent Scry Network viewport is in the capital city. So that the fact that they're trying to throw one together, even just temporarily in Fainalyn, you know something serious is uh, happening. Mm. Eventually, you hear the voice of an elderly man, and it's as if he's standing in the room with you, even though you don't see him. And he says, mm. do not be alarmed. This is the Archmage ah, speaking. <laughs> Please make your way to the clearing directly south of Milk Lake. In exactly one hour, Queen Davenhall of Berwyn and King Aimway the Eighth of Erosia will address the entirety of the Triad Nations. Mm. Hmm. God, I really thought that guy was just talking only to me. <laughs> but I think that message probably went out everywhere. <laughs> and now I'm just talking out loud to myself. I, d I need to get a pet. <laughs> this is getting too far. I need to get a cat or something. This mm -hmm, is too much. Mm -hmm. She'll walk down to hear the announcement. She's interested. On your way there, Astra, you pass by your apartment and you see waiting for you are two half-elves. And... They look a bit like you, maybe a bit older. And these are your parents. Do you want to describe them a bit, Astra? Finally. Oh, yeah. Finally. Wait, I totally forgot what we named them. <laughs> they are named Posthumus and Scritch Blep. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Oh, my God. The Scritch Blep. <laughs> okay. That was such a fun r reveal that I did on myself by forgetting. <laughs> I know. I remember talking through, um, brainstorming their names now. Okay. Yeah. Oh, hey, hey, mom and dad. So it's it's posthumous. Uh, my mother posthumous mostly goes by posthumous. Like there there are definitely some nicknames you could pull out of that. But um, they basically never use them. Clymenestra definitely gets her long name from that side of the family. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're both half-elves. Posthumus has, like, long, dark hair, um, very curly, much like Astra's hair. Uh, and she, she wears it really long, kind of draped around her, her shoulders. Uh, Scritch Blep is the shorter of the two, her father. Uh, and he's got, like, really sh short, cropped hair, uh, salt and pepper and he wears these little, tiny little glasses that um, just kind of perch at the end of his nose that he seems to never use, but often uses to look down at people with. But that's unfair because they're both very sweet people. And Astra will say, ah, you came, uh, hey, ma, hey, pa, you came uh, to, did you hear that announcement? Did you guys think that he was just talking to you at first? <laughs> oh, of course, I think that's natural, darling. That's a natural reaction. Okay. We were so worried. We just had to, we came over to make sure that you were okay. Oh, yeah, I'm fine. You know, I'm always fine. You're always asking how I am, and it's so sweet of you, but I'm always fine. Do Astra's parents smother her? <laughs> <laughs> Father kind of looks down his nose, his glasses, and he says, they're saying that those chaos worshippers have lost their magic, Astra. Sounds an awful lot like what happened to your cousin. Ugh. People say that about everything. Every, you know, yeah, you, you get a cold and you're like, wow, Astra, that sounds just like what happened to your cousin. It's like, he's an adult. It's fine. What do I always say? People these days, they don't have fear of the woods. And now look what happened. Dad, I'm right there with you. Nobody is as afraid of the woods as I am. And <laughs> nobody is as afraid of the woods as they should be. No, I agree. You know, you know, people these days, Pops, I don't know. It's wild. Before you even realize it, they've kind of each, like, moved to one side of you and are moving you towards the lake as they, like, just not needle you, but just continue to talk at you about the various concerns <laughs> that they have uh, in your life, in their own life. 
your mother's like, oh, Clymenastra, I recommended your puzzles to our neighbor the other day, sweetheart. She was telling us how she always is misplacing her reading glasses. And I said, that sounds like the brain monsters. <laughs> Mom, it's brain gremlin. Thank you for sharing it. She's been doing them every night before bed, and guess what? She's not losing her glasses as much. That the puzzles work. Nobody would say that the puzzles don't work. They're good puzzles. And I'm proud of the work that I've done putting them out with my own two hands. <laughs> Thank you for telling them to, to use it. She was asking me, what, what else has your daughter written? And I told her all about your stories. Mm. You were always writing your stories when you were a kid. <laughs> we love those stories. <laughs> this just got too real for actual Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> you've got to start writing the stories again. Yeah, I, there's just, I, Mom, you're you're not in the business. You don't know that there's like there's just not as much of a market for that. Everybody, everybody wants their brain gremlins to be taken care of. You know, everybody wants puzzles. You know, something that's gonna solve all their problems. Nobody just wants like nice little stories about happy rabbits and cats that live together and they have a beautiful time and they they eat food from the garden, but the gardener doesn't care and there's just no, like there's no space for that in the market, Ma. <laughs> you arrive at the lake, a gigantic crowd has gathered, making up not just Fainland's population, but also the nearby town of Thune. You can see a couple of clerics of Hibdal are front and center. For, uh, Thune has a church of Hibdal there. Over the lake, a large telekinetic sphere has been summoned, uh, and they're filling it with lake water. The sphere is like 15 feet by 15 feet in diameter, the kind of orb that you might see like a cat running rampant through uh, a market in <laughs> at some point in your life. It's magically like held up by several arbiters and the high mages that represent the arcane, divine, and bardic schools of magic, filling it with water and like magically maintaining a connection to the scry network. Are there fish? Are there visible fish in the water? There are fish. There, there's a couple fish that get in oh, there, no! regardless of them <laughs> trying to keep it out. Terrible. Nasty. As you're watching uh, them put this together, as you get like this itchy feeling, like someone is watching you. Mm. And sure enough, as you look around this crowd, you spot two individuals with the, their eyes locked on you, whispering between each other. Mm. They look maybe about your age, maybe a few years younger. Both have shoulder length black hair. The girl's well maintained and voluminous, while the boys is quite greasy. <laughs> They're really leaning into like the Fainalin goth aesthetic. But beyond that, you do see some like familiar similarities between them as well and like the slope of their noses and their pointy chins. The girl realizes that you have caught them and she puts on like a fake smile and she waves apologetically. She's like, please forgive us. We didn't mean to stare. We just really love your sword. I've not seen anything like that before. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's beautiful, right? It's such a unique piece. Uh, it really is like a statement piece that I just always wear because I think it just like it really elevates any outfit I'm wearing, you know? I know you've got like the classic like goth look and I like totally respect you just staying with like the classics, you know, like the thing, the thing that's like super popular that everybody <laughs> wears. But I think it's I think it's just like it's nice to sort of stretch your wings a little, which is why I've got like this, you know, this kind of flappery vibe. I think it's just, you know, helps you stick out in a crowd. Oh, yeah, I love it. If you don't mind me asking, where did you get it? Oh, this dress. So I got this uh, dress secondhand from I, I meant uh, the, the rapier. Oh, I, oh, God, God, what great question. Where did, where did I get this old thing? I, you know, I think it was, it was a secondhand market down on East of the street. Um, <laughs> you just go down there. There's all sorts of like secondhand markets. And I just dug this out of some rubble one day and it was, would you believe it? It was discounted. So I got it for so cheap and yeah, it's great. Great sword, thank you so much. Oh, no, uh, did, I, you know, I don't think we've ever met. Did you attend the academy? Um, that which academy? F the spelling academy? <laughs> yes, I'm so good at spelling. <laughs> um, I have to be, you know, for my work. The Finland's um, magic academy. 
Oh, yeah, phenylalanine, 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 phenylalanine. Yeah, absolutely. As a, I mean, I'm a magic user here in phenylalanine, and, and we all go to that academy. So, yeah, I was there for sure. You must have too. That's why you're so familiar. We're so familiar to each other because we know each other. Right. And that's why you're okay just walking up to me in a crowd talking to me. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry I, my name's Glorhan, by the way. This is my brother Ansel. Ansel, Glorhan, so nice to meet you. I'm. I'm me. Hi. <laughs> I'm Astra. Okay, Gosh. yeah, I'm Astra. I'm Astra Blap. It's so nice to meet you. The boy speaks up. He's like, so how do you waste your days in this gloomy hamlet, Astra Blap? That, you put it so true. Like, that is such an accurate and poetic way of describing um, this this dreary life, isn't it? Uh, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm not in classes anymore, obviously. Um, so I just kind of like hang out. I, I'm a printer by trade. So oh, sometimes wow. I'll print off. A print? I'll do some posters you know local bands you know the cause <laughs> they were the cure but then they got really sick so <laughs> that's a big part of it and you know days like this you, you come down and you see them destroying the river and getting fish all up in the scrying thing you know you keep busy wow you know my brother has been wanting to print a book of his poetry for so long and we just did not know who to talk to oh god Shadows dance and fall in my eyes. Ruby beaded jewels drop like dew, or alluring curves of silver spiraling through my flesh. A, a poem about your beautiful sword. Wow. Did you just come up with that? Ah, oh, yes, I'm quite, quite the artist. And you actually have like written down <laughs> poems that you did on purpose too? Yeah, whatever your <laughs> rates are, I'm sure we can find a way to make it happen. This would be a dream come true for us if you could print this for us. Uh, yeah, we could probably, we could probably work something out. Of course, you'll have to pay me up front. Because, you know, I've got, I've got all the costs of, like, paper and ink and stuff. And then, of course, once, once the books are published and they're in stores, uh, the, uh, the, all of that money that we're getting paid off of that, most of that will go, a lot of it, some of it will go to you. And that'll be, that'll be how you make your profits on that. But then, like, just imagine your name printed on a book. Whoa. Make a sense motive check, Astra. <laughs> uh, I have not decided at this moment whether or not Astra is actually into that poetry or not. <laughs> the, the sheer possibility that she might be. She might be. She has terrible taste. <laughs> uh, she got, uh, got a 14 on my sense motive. She goes, great. That's, that sounds wonderful, Astra. That's perfect. Uh, we can meet at your place then? Yeah, you know, there's like a cafe right next door. Uh, let's meet there. Uh, my place is just such a mess um, pretty much all the time. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we can meet there um, and I can maybe show you the printing. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Bring bring your book and some money and we'll we'll see how it all works out. <laughs> Great. Within the watery orb, <laughs> an image begins to form. First foggy, obstructed by like some rogue bubbles, a few fish. But eventually, so clear, it's as if you're looking through a window at somebody who's standing just a few feet away. And before you are two regal individuals, one is a human man in his 80s wearing an ocean blue suit and a cloak that matches his eyes. Very tall, statuesque uh, in posture. But he's still dwarfed by the elven woman that he's paired with because she's wearing this outrageous <laughs> gown and crystal headpiece that doubles her size. Astra, last loop, you <laughs> rolled a natural one on your ability to recognize this person. So you're a bit confused, <laughs> uh, but your mom leans over and is like, wow, Queen Davenhall and the Keenan of Erosia together. This must be serious. Oh, king and queen. You don't often see them together, right, Ma? The queen speaks. She says, citizens of the triad nations, as your king and queen, it is our duty to deliver news to you, both good and bad. Some of you have probably already heard whispers from the followers of Hibdal within your communities. Unfortunately, I can confirm that they are true. While the exact fate of Hibdal is yet unknown, what is clear is that his presence on Irisal is no more. Whoa. As of now, no other faiths have experienced similar conditions, and we have no reason to believe that they will. It is important that we do not panic until more information is available to us. But rest assured... Our countries will do everything in their power to uncover the truth and restore the followers of Hibdal 
With that in mind, let me introduce you to Berwyn's Archmage. And a wizened elf with a long gray beard and powder blue robes takes their place. He struggles to understand like the how the scry network works, like where he's supposed to look, but eventually a younger person <laughs> helps him out. It's the same voice you heard earlier, Astra, when he says, 70 years ago at the height of the Great War, a group known only as Shadowwind was born. Spira Advin, a, a brilliant military leader to some, the holiest of saints to others, brought together a group of like-minded individuals from both sides of the war, striving to orchestrate unity over domination. We need unity now more than ever. The faiths of Irisal must come together to support each other. At the same time, I will be bringing together a group of talented, specialized individuals from across the globe to investigate and hopefully repair what has mm-hmm. happened under the banner of Shadowwind. Whatever the cause of Hibdal's disappearance, we will not see it repeated. <laughs> Lame. What a bunch of nerds going to nerd school. <laughs> Weird. Remember, regardless of what hardships we may face, nothing can break the bonds between our countries. Long live the triad nations. Hmm. And you see Aimway and Davin Hall and the Archmage place a hand over their heart with three fingers extended. Astra, you see many people in the audience with you match this salute. And then the images within the Sky Network sphere fade. Uh, and all that's left is an intense murmur throughout the crowd. <laughs> Paul, you didn't want to murmur with us? <laughs> you guys are doing such a good job. <laughs> He's the introspective crowd member that's just He's staring. just pondering. <laughs> LA, yeah. He doesn't have anything to say yet. He's pondering the scry orb. Just like, mm. <laughs> Wow, was that it? They emptied the river for that? <laughs> <laughs> that could have been a telegram. Like, like, right, can we all agree? Ugh. Despite the insanity of Idius I, time marches on. An undercurrent of fear remains, but the death of Hibdal becomes kind of the new normal for those that are outside of the faith. And Astra, you find life in Fainalin is pretty much unaffected. On Idius V, Glorahan and Ansel stop by, uh, but it's to let you know that they're going out of town for a time. They're still very interested in having you print the book, but they're playing coy. You have heard rumors that they were both selected for Shadowend, but neither will admit this to you. Ugh. But they're definitely interested. Ooh. They say that we're going to stay in contact with you. We're serious about this book. Uh, and, you know, we just like being around you. We want to get to know you better, Astra. Aw, you guys are so sweet. It, hey, wait, Justin, this is a question I haven't asked in maybe 50 episodes. Um, <laughs> it, are, <laughs> is Glorhan hot? <laughs> I think Glorhan's pretty cute. Okay. Yeah. She, okay. What about Ansel? <laughs> I made an assumption about Ansel. Yeah, we all made assumptions all about did. Ansel. Glorahan's <laughs> uh, little token was always cute. She had like cute yeah. little curly hair. She was yeah. she was cute. Yeah. She had a cute little goth outfit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. If you want to leave the book and some money with me, I can get started now. <laughs> Wow. And I mean, by the time y'all come, you come back, the, it'll be here and you'll be able to, you'll be able to read it. So if you, I mean, if you just like, there's no reason to wait to do it, especially if you're going away. What a closer. Yeah, she's good. <laughs> <laughs> Coffee's for closers, Paul, so. <laughs> Yeah, only. <laughs> you find that they're up front. They do leave you money oh, great. more than you asked for. They leave you some of Ansel's work. He promises that he's going to mail you new poetry constantly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Glorhan, you can you can send me letters too if you want. I, you know, we can. There's no reason we can't keep in contact in a way. You know, sort of a dear, dear John, a dear Astra situation. Definitely, Astra. Days turn into weeks, and every one of them kind of starts to feel the same, blurring together. Somehow, Fainalin is getting more boring. Like, every once in a while, (laughs) there's a jolt of excitement, like the gourmet goblins will attack somebody, or you'll get mail (laughs) from the Pharrell siblings. Like, apparently, they won the Arrow Peak competition, according to, like, an epic poem about it that's included. (laughs) But otherwise, really, the only interactions that you have are with your parents or with the vendors. Your days are pretty slow. 
At one point, you're pleasantly surprised to learn that all the copies of Train Your Brain Gremlins were bought from the Wizard's Bazaar. Oh, great. And the shopkeeper hands you a gift basket that was left uh, by the purchaser, a woman called Madame Ogavia. She just left you like a nice <laughs> bottle of uh, Swanspell wine. The shopkeeper tells you, oh, she's got a pretty big following, but this could be huge for you. Finally, get out of Fainalyn. Yeah, check it out. This is our publication. And he hands you like the newest copy of Astrology Today, which on the cover is like an image of a white furred rat folk in a pink beret who's surrounded by silhouetted <laughs> figures. <laughs> Below the image, it says, Patty Hurts, succubus? <laughs> 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 Meet the nine or ten mind-controlled men obeying her every command. Oh, my shit. I can't wait to meet those. Incredible. Astro will be like, oh, wow, look at this bottle of wine. Hey, you want a uh, glass of this? I mean, I have no real reason to keep a hold of it. I know it's magical and stuff, but it's like, why not just pop it open now? We can uh, have a drink together. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, sure. I guess that's cool, Astro. But I, I mean, I, you're a little young for me. <laughs> oh boy this is so embarrassing this is so embarrassing for you um, oh man no I'll just find somebody to drink with somebody um, who's a girl because that's who I'm into so rough luck old man do you need more brain gremlin books I can bring some back for you I'll just assume this is a yes she's backing away <laughs> in the bottle she says this I'll just bring some okay bye uh, a master of social interactions, as always. <laughs> well, she doesn't have the powers of succubus Patty Hurts. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Suddenly, it's 50 episodes in the beginning of a whole new time loop. Sadly, there was no Patreon mid-roll ad in that first episode, or else I would have absolutely just cut out that audio and dropped it in right here and see how many people noticed. Just think for a moment about all those hours of entertainment. Then think about the laughs and delight and the terror this show has given you. And then think to yourself, what is that worth? If it's worth a few dollars a month, then consider signing up for our Patreon at patreon.com slash bcbparty. Among the perks you'll get for signing up is access to the Discord, which is, by the way, a great place to talk to other fans about what is happening in the show. We've even got an October art challenge happening right now, which has inspired lots of incredible crafty work from the fans. Thank you to everybody who's contributed. And you only see that by subscribing to patreon.com slash bcbparty. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
Alright, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. At the end of the month, you get another bit of interesting mail. Like, there's another poem of Ansel, of course, but you also get an envelope uh, from the Irisol Traveling Circus. And inside, you find a flyer advertising that the circus is coming to Fainalin tomorrow. There's also a ticket with your name on it and a brief note explaining that you were uh, one of the few randomly selected Fainalin residents who won free admission. There's a food Ooh. voucher. There's a token for a free session with the circus's fortune teller. Exciting. Oh my you God. Have one. Yeah, it was Meg Sastra's day. She's extremely excited. She puts on her best beads. She puts on her nicest turban. She is so excited. In the same lakeside open area where the Scry Network was set up, a bustling carnival has now appeared, built up around a large red and purple big top tent. And there are multiple smaller tents that are connected, like with streams of flashing fey lights, uh, with things to do and see in them. Before you can even get to the ticket taker, you're greeted with like overwhelming smell of like caramel and butter and jaunty, aggressive music that's coming at you from all directions. What a great combination. <laughs> butter smells and jaunty, aggressive music. You take in a show of like Fenora acrobats, like the monkey race. And there's like a hall of mirrors, a beardless dwarf. <laughs> my, my God. <laughs> uh, eventually you find your way to the fortune teller's tent. It's illuminated with a single flickering candle. Uh, there's an elven woman that sits at a small wooden table that's shuffling a deck of tarot cards. She has like dark brown skin and her hair is braided up in a huge bun. She wears purple robes with constellations embroidered on them. And in front of the table is a sign that reads the Oracle of Ovidel. <laughs> oh, I love your robes. Hey, I got a coupon. Is that okay? Oh, absolutely. Are you here for a reading? Yes, I love getting my fortune read. Fate, I don't know so much about, but I love <laughs> getting my fortune read. Oh, we can do that for sure. You can call me Giha if you'd like. Hey, 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 Justin. Giha hot. What? Giha hot. <laughs> Giha hot, Justin. Justin. Giha hot. She's so gorgeous. That you wonder how somebody as good looking as her could end up in this place, like with <laughs> bizarre acts. Like she could certainly do better. Like what? Is, what is she here? She could have a series of TV commercials. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Giha, call now. Miss Giha, call me now. She takes out her fortune telling cards and she deals out five of them. She's like, "Is there anything that you're curious about, Astra?" Uh, you know, I'm feeling a little unfulfilled professionally. I'm just wondering if I shouldn't stretch myself like my work's fine, but it just feels like day in and day out. It's the same thing. You put letters in, you press the letters, you look at the letters. They're letters. It's every time. Giha nods knowingly. She flips over your first card. It's the Wheel of Fortune. She says, you in the upright position, Astor, this can represent constant change, freedom, but yours is reversed. I do see that perhaps you're stuck in some sort of rut. Yeah. Whatever direction you head, you wind up right back where you started. I feel like a cat in a ball on a lake running and running, but not able to make any progress. <laughs> wow. Yeah, flips over the next card. Uh, you see it's the six of coins. Asher, somebody sees potential in you. Mm. They're going to appear like God's hand from heaven. Lift you out of this ball <laughs> like a cat that you've been running around in. But you have to beware because it won't be out of the kindness in their heart. There will be strings attached. Mm, interesting. You know, I, I did make the acquaintance of two people who want me to publish some poetry. <laughs> and like, I think it could be really big, but I just don't trust them. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. She flips over the next card. She reveals to you the two of wands. You see in the cards art, the wands are crossed. It's reflecting the endless battle between Ebnir and Salinas over magic itself. 
you know, you will stop running in circles, but you might feel like now you're caught in a deadlock. Like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Now that doesn't seem positive. (laughs) Go on, go on. Uh, My advice to you, and she flips over the next card, the Seven of Swords. From your perspective, you might feel like the battle hasn't even begun, but you're already under attack. Oh. If you have any hope of evading those that would use you in this world, you need to be clever. You need to be fast. On the card, you'll see Lunas is stealing a sword from Idon's armory. You have to act before your enemies even know that the war has started, or you'll be the one that's caught off guard. I don't think I should kill Glorhan and Ansel. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) That feels really (laughs) preemptive. She flips the last card, uh, and you see it's the High Priestess, the goddess Iris on the card. She embodies neutrality, bridges the gap between the world's magic reality, good, evil. While Ebnir and Selenus wage war, Iris trusts her instincts, and she shares her knowledge with others. To succeed, Astra, you must look inward and make peace with the spirit that you find there first. The high priestess's guidance can lead even the fool to become the magician. Mm. That's how you're going to escape the wheel, how you escape this rut. Interesting. I think I have something that could help you on your journey to enlightenment, Astra, if you trust me. Yes. The coupon didn't say anything about gifts, but I'm very (laughs) excited. It's not something I would do normally for for just anybody. Uh It's not unlike meditation. It's a bit more magical in nature. Give me a moment to close up my tent here, but you go on ahead to my caravan. It's behind the big top. It's marked with a number five, and I'll be with you shortly. Oh, okay. Uh, she will do so. Oh. Astra's not going to turn down a gift from a hot lady. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, 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 right. A complimentary yeah. bonus gift. <laughs> uh, Astra, as you move behind the big top, uh, you see these rows of caravans. Go ahead and make a perception check for me. Let's see. I never increased Astra's perception in all of the levels that I had <laughs> in the last <laughs> last road, so this should be about the same. That makes you feel better about going back to fourth level, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, what has really changed, honestly? Not that much. Uh, I, rolled a, I rolled a 13. It's not bad. You are able to easily find the caravan number five. It's clearly marked. Uh, it's quite sad looking, plain wood, clearly decades old with like cheap fixes thrown on to cover holes and broken parts. When you open the door, you smell a very distinct scent that you've only encountered once before when you were deep in the whispering woods, mm. stumbling onto bodies of those who did not make it out. This is the smell of death. Oh, God. Oh. And you realize you're not alone. A humanoid creature looms over you and at the top of their head instead of hair there's expansive red petals with white spots across them paul would you like to reintroduce tetra to us and let us know a bit about its everyday life (laughs) (laughs) justin green i would love to oh god (laughs) no no (laughs) nobody wants tetra to come back <laughs> we just got rid of pervert John Minaj and we're getting back Paul's pervert character. Pervert? What? I'm assuming Andrew. I'm assuming he's a pervert. Let me be clear. I had locked Tetra in the vault forever. So when Justin told me Tetra's coming back, I had to dig deep. Oh, God. One more ride, Paul. I had to dig deep, but Tetra was there. The worst parts of you are down there, Tetra. Tetra is a Florian, and a Florian is a type of dryad that lives in the Safnian jungles in Erosia. And what makes them unique is that they have a floral theme. They're often more vibrant with hair made of colorful, aromatic flowers. Tetra in particular has a flower that is a corpse flower. (laughs) (laughs) A unique and unmistakable odor. Tetra is a lithe and graceful dryad folk wearing an uh, assortment of colors and patterns, a lot of polka dot material to match the polka dot flowers. And it turns and gives you the most sincere Aww. smile you've ever seen. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Roll will save. Tetra's class 
and profession and passion is an aromophile, so it spends all of its time arranging different scents to have surprising effects. It spends its days traveling the country looking for ways to make ends meet and save money for an eventual return to Ovidel, where it's going to open the greatest spa the country has ever seen. Currently working at this traveling carnival. Well, hello. You're not Giha. You're not Giha either. Not last time I checked. Come on inside. Um, should I? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I was supposed to meet Giha here. Were you all supposed to meet her here? Giha's an old friend of mine. She invited me up for the night. I'm just mixing some perfumes. Lately, I've been interested in the concept of nostalgia. <laughs> I've been looking for scents that provoke surprising memories and responses in people. Uh, is that why it smells the way it does in here? Oh, how does it smell? Well, you know. You know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> One of the endlessly fascinating things about smells, dearie, is that different people <laughs> respond to different ones. Humans tend to dislike the smell of corpses, but catfolk can love it. Uh, well, I'm a half-elf, so I guess I'm sort of in between. It definitely invokes strong memories, but not positive ones. I don't think most people smell corpses and are like, ah, the good old days. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Well... You meet all sorts in the odor circuit. <laughs> Tetra's gonna spray a bottle of perfume, and the smell of corpses immediately fades and is replaced by a beautiful, dewy meadow. In the odor circuit. Nostalgic of a childhood. <laughs> Nostalgic of a childhood on the less fey-addled edges of the Whispering Woods. Yeah, this is beautiful. Wait, how'd you know? Oh, there's a little special something in here that just knows. Oh. I mean, that's kind of creepy. Is it like a mind, mind reading magic? That's right. My name's Tetra. Oh, I'm Astra Blep. Nice to meet you. There's something about smell that's a little disarming. Yeah. So, Astra, why don't you tell me about yourself? <laughs> uh, should I be disarmed? <laughs> Only if you want to. Uh, I'm a printer by trade. Lived in Fanlin my whole life. Been out in the world once or twice. You know, but I always come back here, back home. I've never ridden the odor circuit <laughs> that you mentioned. Right. Oh, it's a ride. <laughs> I bet. It sounds like it. It's interesting, isn't it? Even half-elves have roots that they can't stray too far from. It's fine. It's not a bad life. But is it what I'm meant to be doing? You know what the circus is famous for? Uh, the beardless dwarf. <laughs> it's for people escaping from their humdrum lives and running away to join it. Do you think that beardless dwarf had a bad life before he joined up? No, the beardless dwarf has always been fabulous. I'll take you to meet him later. Oh, I would love that. Would you like a drink, Astra? Mm, yeah, sure. What are we having? Let's start with some dandelion wine. Oh, I love a fine and dandelion wine. Now, Astra, not just everybody can come back to Giha's caravan. Uh, I, you know, honestly, I love to hear that. I wasn't really certain what the vibe was. <laughs> uh, she gave me a fortune reading, and boy, it was so accurate, because I've got these people who want me to publish their poetry, and they gave me a lot of money. Like, I was pushing for it, but they <laughs> gave me more money than I was even pushing for, <laughs> and uh, it just felt really weird and suspicious to me, and, and that's what Giha was saying, like, Watch out, because there's people who are going to, you know, try to lift you up, but they're going to lift you up with strings on your body and then kind of jerk you around with those strings. Her metaphor was more um, fluid than that, but that's sort of the gist of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as Tetra listens, it starts getting out different bottles and tinctures and lining them up along the shelf next to Astra. <laughs> Astra, if there was another life you could live, what would it be like? I feel like in a certain way, I'm already living it. Sometimes I feel like the life that I'm living now was not the one that was meant for me. And that it's a life that I've stolen almost or that I've bartered for. Keep going. <laughs> tell me, tell me more. Don't stop there. <laughs> So you're telling me that this humdrum is everything you could ever want. It's maybe it's more than I've ever deserved. Oh, honey. 
All of us deserve the world. We just have to give it to ourselves. I think I already did that. I think this is the world I gave myself. But like, did I do a bad job? Is fate real? Fate is the fate we make. As you ponder that, Giha arrives back at the caravan. She says, oh, I see you've met Tetra. It's one of my oldest, dearest friends. It saved my life, what feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah, Tetra, they're great. She's carrying a book that she didn't have before, and she places it on the table in front of you. You see that the cover has no writing, but it does have a small lock on it, like you've encountered on some diaries or spell books in the past. Mm. Uh, it's certainly seen better days as well. It's ripped and torn and stained, but miraculously still in one piece. Gia says to you, are you familiar with Psychometry Astra. Who isn't? I have no idea. I've never heard of it. It's an innate occult skill that allows you to see the history of an object just by touching it. Oh, that's cool. I can help you access that power, Astra, but using it directly on this journal is too dangerous. I've tried in the past and it put me into a coma for months. Oh. Instead, we can combine my psychometry with Tetra's ability to unlock past memories and will limit what you see oh from the journal's boy. history to only the things that you <laughs> once already knew. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Like, like viewing a past life. Oh, what? <laughs> um, why would I want that? You're not into past life theory? I thought everyone who got a card reading was. Well, I don't know if I believe in past lives and all that. Fate, sure, maybe, but I don't know. I just treat this as another fortune telling. It's just a fortune in reverse. Whoa. Wow. That was good, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah. A fortune in reverse. So like a telling of a past, but like a different past, like a past I didn't live. It would be like waking up from a dream. (sighs) I mean, things are not great now, but like what if they were worse? Oh, but what if they were better? But how am I supposed to know which it is? The only way to know is to rip the band-aid off and jump in, Astra. <laughs> I never rip the band-aid off though. I always I always just kind of like pull it up little by little. It takes like an hour. I, I just can't do it. <laughs> uh, but that's just a metaphor. No, I understand. I understand what you're saying. Paul, do you want to uh tell us what this ability is that Tetra has? Oh, I would love to. <laughs> As a mesmerist with an archetype of aromophile, I have a mesmerist ability called Life Review. The mesmerist can trigger this trick when the subject attempts an intelligence or knowledge check to remember a previous experience. And when they do, they receive flashes of their entire life up to this point. Whoa, is this like a standard spell that exists in Pathfinder? Yeah, this is something he had already. It's a standard class ability, yeah. What? That's wild. How relevant. I know. I chose it completely randomly. And Justin, the little devious GM. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not convinced Justin didn't incept this. Yeah, I was going to say. (laughs) So Pathfinder has like secondary psychic uses for all their normal skills. And the psychic occult use for appraise is psychometry. Uh, And you can't necessarily normally access it, but this ability that Tetra has also lets you use skills that you don't have any uh, skills in, even if they're required normally to have them. So it will let you use this. And I think that it also will give her a bonus, your bonus or something like that, Paul. Is that right? If my charisma check is higher than her intelligence check, then I can substitute that. What's your charisma? Yeah, my charisma mod is plus four. Nice. Yeah, my intelligence is only plus two. And that's being really generous. (laughs) (laughs) So, Astra, you can make an appraise check with uh, the bonus from Tetra. Okay. I don't have a great appraise. Oh, but I rolled a 20! Let it be known to the listeners that that was a natural 20 on the first Uh, roll. Is fate real? (laughs) Uh, Wait a minute. Tetra produces a bottle holding it out to Astra and says, of all the senses most connected to memory, scent is the strongest. The things that make up smells also make us up. And the most subtle, smallest thing can trigger a flow of a part of our lives that we thought was gone forever. 
take a little hit of this, honey. Woo! Did you say I'm made of smells? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's true. <laughs> and we can get into that later. Okay. Maybe over a drink or two. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Um, so I just drink this? Just a sip or the whole thing? Oh, just smell it. Oh. <laughs> oh, that would have been embarrassing. <laughs> Quit yanking my tendril. <laughs> <laughs> All right. She'll bring it right up to her nostril and take an indelicately large whiff. <laughs> Perfect. It's ether. She's out for hours. <laughs> Justin, take it away. <laughs> Astra, it's like your eyes are open for the first time, but it's an entirely new sense that you're experiencing that you didn't have before. You have a deeper awareness of time itself, and you remember everything. Shadow End, Demigods, Vampires, Conspiracies, Johnny Squad, the end of the world. Everything that you did last loop, you've got back. Kiha says, I... Don't want to overwhelm you, Astra, but hopefully now you can appreciate that things are quite dire. And I'm hoping that you possess the knowledge we need to understand what happened Whoa. to Hipto. This is not what I wanted. well. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the altered reality that I was searching for. I can't believe you've done this to me. <laughs> Fuck you for doing this. Are you kidding me? <sighs> How dare you? <sighs> you take these memories. You take them out of me and you put them in yourself and you deal with this. Uh-uh. Give me the blue pill. No, I want it. I, no. <laughs> I did not sign up for this. And I'm not interested. Yeah. Astra, I sought you out because you were part of the last squad that Bavel Flaskorch put together at Shadowwind. Presumably the loop where Hibdal was silenced. Bavel blames himself. It took him a while to turn the journal over to me. At least five loops have passed since that happened. Oh, God. Justin. <laughs> God, okay. Whoa. <laughs> <That's>, yeah. <laughs> um, to Christ, okay. What? What am I supposed to do with this knowledge? Well, I want you to gather the other members of your party Ugh. and try to reverse whatever happened. I've sent word to them, but you were the closest. I hope you don't mind that I brought you up to speed first. It's... Oh, you know that I mind. <laughs> you know. You, you know that you... I mind. Oh, you. <laughs> <laughs> she says, it's been quite difficult for me to pin down Patty Hurts in particular, but luckily Tetra was able to pull some strings with a few of his friends in the resort business. And if everything works to plan, she should be arriving in Begram tomorrow where Johnny Brightchild is. Mm. You and Tetra, if you move quickly, you should be able to reunite with them. <sighs> I don't know, Giha. This one looks a little spooky. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want it. Give it to, I'm doing it. You guys can't stop me. I'm going <laughs> to form this squad and we're going to do everything, everything perfectly right. First, we're going to get that crown. And once we're all really powerful, then... Giha, <laughs> uh, I don't think this is the right thing to do. But you're right. I don't want to stay here anymore. Is anything better than this horrible sad little life that I've built for myself. I'm not convinced that it is, but I guess I know what happens if I stay here another loop. It's just gonna be this over and over again. Exactly. And I don't really know what that means, but I don't know what it means to go through with this loop either, so... <sighs> okay. I'll go find Patty and Johnny, and we'll we'll make the Johnny squad just the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Don't forget me, Tetra. And Tetra, of course. Of Makes course. Four. Of course. Oh, no. <laughs> Justin. <laughs> what, Tetra? <Justin. laughs> what, you don't want Tetra to be in the squad? <laughs> uh, he says, I wonder if that's what caused everything to go awry. Hibdal's holy number is four. But in your loop, Bavel broke tradition and he only chose three. 
I, I mean, I don't know why, but I'm just theorizing at this point, something <laughs> had to have been different your loop, right? You think it's just that there was the three of you? Um, Quick, super important question, Justin. <laughs> mm-hmm. So do does Astra get all of her memories back? Oh, yeah. As they actually were or as they were represented in the journal? As they actually were. Astra, friendship is built on trust, isn't it? <laughs> oh, no. so loaded. Oh, God. Yeah, of course, Zelf. That's why we're all friends. I met your cousin, and he wanted me to smuggle him into the game tomorrow. Oh! Would you have a problem if I did that? Huh. That's fun. Meeting some of my extended family, that's so fun. I mean, that's something friends do, right, Zelf? You get to know each other's family. Maybe by accident. I mean, you did it by accident, right? Yes. Well, there you go. We're really good friends, Zelf. I really wish you wouldn't. Um, since we do know a maniac is going to be at the sports game committing some kind of act of revenge, it would be really cool of you to not put my cousin in danger, Zelf. And that's precisely what I told him. But he wasn't worried. Well, he never is, Small. I mean, you don't get cursed like that Uh, If you're really worried about getting cursed like that, you know. So you're saying he's the type of person who gets into trouble and needs other people to get him out of it? I didn't say anything of the sort. (laughs) What I'm saying is I don't want you to bring him to my sports game. Well, I was just saying that that would match the pattern (laughs) of the time when you saved him from the Whispering Wood. Oh, you've been talking to people around town, huh? See, this is what I was warning you guys about. She'll she'll turn to Patty and Johnny and be like, this is exactly what I was trying to tell you about. There's just people all over the city. They've got this idea in their head about how it happened and what went down. And it's, uh, I'm really ashamed of it. And I wish you wouldn't repeat itself. <laughs> I didn't know there was anything you were ashamed of. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, I, you know, I, it's, I just, I respect you so much, Zelf. You just seem to have no scruples at all, and I, I just really wish I could get there. But Thank you. For the time being, you know, there's still stuff that embarrasses me about being back here in my hometown. And, and someday, Zelf, I'll be just like you, and I won't care what anybody says about my morals or my past. But I'm just not there yet. Are they fighting? Uh, Zelf has no idea what just happened, but... <laughs> It felt criminal to come to Astra's backstory town and not <laughs> ask somebody about their backstory. And I'm glad this. I, and you, you didn't even think to ask Astra after everybody is sort of tucked away into bed. I want to take a moment uh, on the side to do something that Justin and I talked about in the intervening weeks. I think now is the moment, Justin. God, you really did do some scheming. Yeah, Paul. Oh, exciting. <laughs> <laughs> you schemed openly. I schemed behind your back. Okay. Jenna, we've put the kids to bed. What? <laughs> <laughs> they were so sleepy. <laughs> it's just the two of us recording. Uh, I don't know when we'll put this in. Yeah, whenever they figure it out. I'll, I'll let you explain. So, Zelf and Astra had a tense conversation uh, after <laughs> Zelf admitted that he had met Small Blep and had pressed him for information. What is going through Astra's mind? Oh, I mean, Astra's in a panic in five different directions. But the moment that she realizes Zelf is using his keen investigative background to investigate her, <laughs> she sees him as a threat. That's just it. Uh, and so she does what she knows how to do, which is skullduggery. <laughs> and that night, after everybody else goes to sleep, Johnny, presumably on the floor, I think Patty <laughs> on the couch, Zelf, I don't know, rolled up in a ball in the corner with a blanket draped over him. <laughs> Zelf feels to me like he just like sleeps sitting straight up, maybe even like his eyes open. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, in the in the chair next to the couch. He's sat up as though waiting for his lover to come uh, home from a tryst. <laughs> she flickers on the light 
and she withdraws from her pouch Bavel's journal, she's going to go through, find Zelf's name, and remove it. <laughs> she's just going to erase it from the page in which Bavel has written down their group listing, their names for this round of the, the time cycle. She's going to make sure that it's so thoroughly obliterated that you can't see like the imprint of the quill on the page. And so it's just the team, as far as Bobble's journal is aware, is Johnny, Patty, and Astra. And that is it. Oh, man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I hope they don't discover it ever. I hope we make it to the next time cycle. Okay. Okay. Esther says, yeah, that's so weird. Uh, it's so weird that it's just Johnny and Patty and me, but um, <laughs> I'm, gosh, I'm scooping back through my memories of all the great times we had, just the three of us, and how everything was better <laughs> with just Johnny and Patty and me, and there is just like no other element there messing up the vibes <laughs> or <laughs> doing terrible things. In the background, Tetra, I think you're going to be a great addition. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, things are turning out just rosy, aren't they? (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. listening can you believe we made it through one whole time loop this is somehow just the beginning thank you for listening and a special thank you to our patreon subscribers who are supporting independent media in the most direct and sustainable way possible by giving us money so that we can keep doing this show Burn Cookbook Party is Andrew Hansen as Johnny Anaj, Caitlin Stadahar as Patty Hertz, Paul Lukemeyer as Zelf, me, Jenna Stever as Astroblep, and Justin Green as GM and World Builder. This episode was edited for content by Justin Green and edited for sound by Akshay Balakrishnan, produced by Jenna Stever. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.